All right, everybody, welcome back to a special week of Ghost in the Scene, Certified Audio Sage Podcast. I'm your host, Gio Chumpatazzi, and I am back with my co-host, Rob Thomas. Rob, how are you? It's just just the two of us, you know, uh, and we've made it this whole time, despite not, not trying that hard. You know, sometimes things go easy. How have you been, dude? Gio, it's such an honor and a privilege to be with you again. Um, you know, and I hope you don't mind that, you know, I, th- I like to think that we have our own separate lives apart from each other as well. I think that's what makes our friendship so beautiful. Mm. We can take this time for each other, but we can take time for apart. I've been actually working recently with one of my other most famous collaborators uh, oh of all God. time, uh, Carlos Santana. And we dropped the big news this week. Uh, we're coming out with a sequel to Smooth. Is it is it is it crunchy? Like, no, no, not quite. It's it's titled Move. Move. Smooth move. Isn't that what they used to say like as a like a, as an X-Lax commercial? They say smooth move, X-Lax. Yeah, yeah, we're getting that X-Lax money. Nice. Okay. That's the only reason why we we're, we're doing this. We're bringing it back. We're like, you know, that song, one of the greatest hits of all time, don't want to touch it. But, you know, that X-Lax money, you can't yeah. say no to it. Santana said, I don't sign any papers unless I see X-Lax sponsors. And luckily for you, they finally caught on. And now you're doing Move. Mm-hmm. That, that's incredible news. And we will, uh, you know, of course, be doing our behind the scenes. We are ghosts in the scene. And we're behind the scene. And we have, you know, the street team out there. So we will have a chronicle of, of the recording of Smooth. You maybe we want, might even have a Santana come in. Might not be Carlos because he has he has a lot of brothers. So one of the Santanas could be coming over at any moment. So l- listeners, I would get your ears ready. Maybe um, some coconut oils, something to soften the blows because Santana speaks with knives coming out of his mouth. He is he cuts people down in in, in a positive way. I like to think he's a perfectionist. Very much so. And, you know, especially if you're wearing headphones, that means he's, his voice is that much closer to your eardrums. So, you know, you got to practice your, your moves. You got to get your paradiddles down. You got to get, uh, you know, those, those rolls. Yes. Those he really, per minute. Yeah. Uh, watch the movie Drumline with Nick Cannon, who I, I think I, we haven't even talked about Nick Cannon. We're just real quick before we, we get off this. Nick Cannon has had like, eight children in the past like two years with like eight different women or something like it it, it's basically like to the point where he is creating like a crazy clan family like a huge hundred person deep family for himself and the only reason why i'm bringing this up is because he's a powerful person he's been on television for years he's married and divorced some of the most powerful performers in the history of mankind and now there's going to be hundreds of of his prodigy out there running around who's to say that rome can't be resurrected by the canon clan the the canon brood every every one of those canon kids has a spark of destiny in every strand of hair that they have so to think that maybe in 10 years 20 years you're going to see almost like how you know there are some some people out there with like similar names, like a Smith, right? 
Canon is going to be the new Hollywood name. And if you if your name Canon, they're going to green light any project you do. So that's just a, a, a prediction that we're going to make for for Nick Cannon and his and his kids for the future. I, I see some really good things. But back to us, back to the show, right? How how have we been personally? We've been taking some time off. The summer has been hot. I just went to uh, Las Vegas for a wedding. My my cousin got married, so lots of vacation time. And let me tell you something: people take, you know, a lot of time to themselves. Doesn't mean they're not working, right? We watched movies. We interviewed people. We actually met in person over the summer. So we've been doing a lot. And uh, so, what, what have you been up to paranormally? You know, what 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 are you working on? Yeah, I mean, I think that's such a good point, Joe. And for for all you listeners out there, guys, gals, X's, Y's, like, don't think for a minute that we are abandoning you or the show, this mission. Mm-hmm. And we want you to do the same. You know, it's been a long year. It's been a hard year. So. If you ever need to take some time off, you know, you can press the pause button. That's all right. We'll wait for you. You know, I'm going to wait for a second, you know, just press pause, take a breath. Mm. And, you know, we'll, we'll be right here. We're, we're waiting, right? That's right. Forever. We're really waiting forever for you. So I, I really like that sentiment. I have been watching the Spider-Man movies, you know, the multiverse with the mm. new Miles Morales movie. I think there's something about animation that lets people forget the scary reality that they're presenting to you. The idea of the multiverse, the idea that you could be Spider-Man in in another universe, maybe even in this universe, because there's been no Spider-Man confirmed yet. It could happen to any of us. And that scares me personally. That's like winning the lottery in reverse, because I don't know about you, but I'm a huge slacker. And everybody knows the motto is with great power comes great responsibility. No, thank you. Uh, A hard pass. No, thank you. Don't want that responsibility on me. Because I don't know if you've seen, uh, since I've been watching all these Spider-Man movies, he does a thing. This is is like multi-platform, multi-movies. He's spanning everything. There's a a singular scene that happens in almost every single Spider-Man. There's something that's splitting apart or something that needs to be stopped. So Spider-Man shoots fucking webs on both sides and then uses himself as like, you know, like the, the center where he's holding it. And it's almost like a Jesus pose. He crucifies himself. And then, of course, he either like holds the thing down, he pulls it together you know, he always saves the day, right? It, it just shows how strong he is, how much dedication he has. And actually, Rob, I mean, I'm looking at over your shoulder and I'm seeing you know, Jesus Christ himself eating dinner for the last time with his, his 12 friends. Nobody chipped in. He, he footed the bill because he wanted to. Okay, yeah. not because not they were greedy. And I just think the similarities between Spider-Man and Jesus, you know, they're both from New York. First things first. Both from New York, they both love deep dish pizza, classic yes. New York dish, and right. yeah, I mean they're, I mean Jesus literally had to pay the debts of these guys. You know, they're they're kind of they're kind of they're kind of freeloading a little bit. 
I kind of like how, you know, Spider-Man, he, he kind of has to do all this stuff for other people. He, he owe, a lot of people owe Spider-Man a lot of money, uh, namely yeah. the, the newspaper for using his likeness every day in that in the newspaper. Um, True. And the villains, because uh-huh. they, they're trying to get out of their, their debt to him by killing him. And that's usually how most debt and, uh, you know, financially people have hard feelings. So nemeses will, will pop up and down your life because all of a sudden the person that owes you $10,000 for, you know, a, a failed cotton candy, you know, cart, they don't want to pay anymore. And so all of a sudden they call themselves, you know, Doc Ock and he has eight arms and legs and he tries to kill you. So look out the Judas in your life, like Jesus, you know, Doc Ock was, was the Judas in Peter's life. And that could be any of us. I just want to drill that in that after watching these movies, I don't want to be Spider-Man. I frankly wish that I never even knew what a Spider-Man was and the ambiguous thought of a spider and a man having, having intercourse never even crossed my mind, but we live in, you know, we live in the now and that's, that's not the way it is. Oh, I'm sorry. What were you going to say, Rob? I, that's just, you know, that's living in the, in the multiverse. Like we just have to get used to this sort of stuff. I mean, obviously, you know, I don't think it's talked enough about how superheroes are in their own way, like cryptid, right? You said part spider, part man. Yeah. And think of the same way as maybe like Bigfoot, or part vampire, yeah, yeah, part big, part, part, big, foot. part foot, of course, part vamp, part ire from Ireland. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a it's a common misconception that they're from Transylvania. They, they yes, they they moved to Transylvania, but from way of Ireland. Exactly, and I mean you can totally say that the potato plague was because of vampires. And I think that they've had to rewrite some of the textbooks from, from children. And now, nowadays, it's, it's there. So you can go ahead and look it up yourself if you want. Go, to, go ahead and open up any textbook you see. That'll be there. Vampires started the uh, potato famine. Or they would say the potato famine. Oh, yes, of course. Or potato. Because, of course, they're chameleons. And chameleons, um, when they move to different places... That, you know, that's why I think the same thing for Jesus was chameleon. He was New York. He had a New York accent. So he was like, hey, is one of you is going to betray me? You know, hey. And he looked at Judas like sideways, you know, gave him a kiss, just like the Godfather. So let's let's get past the, the, the opening part. Well, let's get into the meat and potatoes, potatoes, as the vampires would say, of this episode. Some things have been have been occurring, right? And I, I feel like it's all mounting up to one event, and it's not the reinstatement of the ex president. Sorry, guys, not going to happen. We're not going to predict that here, not in the dice. So, uh, what is happening though is what Rob found is a spiritual sequel to a movie that came out when we were both only babies. So uh, what, what movie is this? What, what kind of spirit, what is a spiritual sequel? Uh, that's, these are all really great questions. And you're asking, you know, spiritually what I'm doing 
you know, really diving into this, you know, you have um, in movies, you have a few certain ways that you can go past the first movie. Uh, what I'm trying to say is, you know, the most obvious is the sequel. You got the Godfather 1, Godfather 2. The second one happens after the first one. You have prequels. The second movie happens before the first movie. Uh, you know, first off the top of my head, Back to the Future 2 takes place in the past. So that's, in a way, kind of a prequel. Absolutely. Uh, you, you, you have squeakles. In the way of Alvin and the Chipmunks, you have the squeakle comes, comes after their first one. Very true. Now, paranormally, we have spiritual sequels. It's not quite something, which means, what does this mean? It means that the, the spirits involved in the first movie, because we kind of touched through this, but there's, there's ghosts on every set of every film. Right. Kind of working the background, you know. They're 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 also working the lights. You know, you got ghost gaffers and uh, ghost extras, and you know, ghost stars. You know, up and down the ladder of uh, of movie production. Uh, you have that same ghost production team make a movie without the original human creators of the first. Wow! All right. That it's seems, a lot to wrap, wrap your mind around. That seems intense because it's like it's almost like a movie's happening without our input anymore. It's like a self-creating movie. Of course, we know that it's ghosts, but to the person that couldn't see this, who do you pay? Where do the checks go when you watch a spiritual sequel? Mm. See, Gio, you're you're thinking about dollars and cents. You're thinking about stuff on our mortal level like right. there's another transaction that's going on when you're watching movies mm. and, and maybe we haven't talked about this enough to our audience you know you are giving part of your spirit you're having an exchange your 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 spirit is talking to the spirits on that screen oh my god preach and there's brother. a little bit of there's a little bit of part of you that goes with that movie and it goes back and forth so yeah there is an exchange but it's not monetary I think you're 100% right, and I think I was 100% misguided. So, okay, all of, these, all, all of these ghosts in the movies are creating a sequel, and it is their vision that is finally being put onto the screen, meaning that you could even say that the spiritual sequel is like a redo of the first movie without some of the baggage. So like an Evil Dead 2, it's basically – that's like a spiritual sequel where like they made almost the exact same movie just with like a better budget and they kind of trimmed some of the, you know, some of the other stuff and they made it better. That's kind of like what ghosts are doing with spiritual sequels. And so the movie that is getting this, this treatment, this ghostly treatment, which I think is great and very progressive Candyman. Now, now listener, if you didn't hear Gio quite right, you don't want to rewind that that phrase too much yeah all right Two more times and we're screwed right or i think uh four more times right with candy man there you got to do it a few more okay good all right and then you see but you and i are saying it separately so we just have both have one in the bank exactly keep that in mind everybody so the movie the man that's made of desserts right 
this this movie came out when we were young. I was a little boy, and I saw it um, not when I was a child, but maybe when I was a little bit older. It scared me. It was like a documentary, of course, most movies are. And seeing the bees coming out of his mouth, and he, he has, I think he has a hook for a hand, or he uses a hook, and he kills people. It, it got to me because I thought to myself, you know, I liked doing the, the Bloody Mary, and this was just like another version of that, but a version where he used actual living creatures as his like drones, these little bees. And I mean, Bloody Mary, she has just knives for hands and she's just like a scary lady and like she can hurt you, but bees, if you're allergic, you can immediately die. Just ask Macaulay Culkin. Ask him or ask who they replaced him with. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So um, what's your experience with, um, I'll call him the Nandy man. Yeah. You know, I, it's kind of a complicated history because when I was doing the research for this, I, I got a little confused. I didn't actually see the movie we were supposed to. I ended up watching the movie Uncle Buck starring John Candy. Oh, <laughs> classic Macaulay Culkin's in that too, or who they replaced him with. Mm -hmm. so, so you watched Uncle Buck. And I've seen Uncle Buck probably a bajillion times. So I, I don't want to say there's a lot of parallels, but there actually are a couple. Okay. There's this scene where Uncle Buck goes and pulls out a hatchet and he scares the, the pants off of the, the bad boyfriend. Right. right. That scene itself could be out of the Nandy man, except maybe if John Candy was a giant bee doing doing the exact same you know kind of thing i think that would be exactly you know fitting into the the nandy man movie so seeing the uh classic i think is it a a john hughes movie uncle buck it sounds like it is now it feels like we talked about spiritual sequels perhaps this could be like a spiritual cousin to the nandy man yes i mean john candy did a lot of work paranormally that we don't know. I mean, he was, of course, I think, in the original Ghostbusters. I want to say, um, if not in the, the movie itself, he was on this on set. You better believe he was on set. And they might have cut him out for time. Or so for other reasons. I mean, he might he might have, because the thing is, Dan Aykroyd, no offense to, to Dan, I know he's a paranormal, you know, icon. But I think that in order to become what he was, he had to be the loudest voice in the room. And John Candy, I think, was more of a pensive paranormal person, kind of like, you know, us. And I think that he might have been overshadowed and therefore left out of the sequels. Yeah, I mean, or, you know, just out of frame, also in the original. He was supposed to be in it. Right. And, and, they, and, and in it a lot more. If if maybe you see his foot at some point, yeah. Dan Aykroyd um, snuck in the small smaller cameras, and they were going to film in widescreen, and they didn't. Okay, they screwed John Candy, and actually, 
I think you're right with the idea of this being uh, Uncle Buck being like a spiritual cousin. And we have to uh, look out for the new paranormal Ghostbusters movie that's coming out. If we if we see a ghost of John Candy haunting the set, you know, behind the scenes, we might find that out because it seems like they've done something um, to John Candy, at least in the past. And you know that ghosts never forget. Can't. I mean, that's wow. I mean, there's so much going on right now, you know, and it's hard to keep on topic today because obviously what we're also talking about is the spiritual sequel, Nandy Man that executive produced by jordan peele is god it's just come out so obviously we're talking about some paranormal heavyweights yes i mean get out was was basically how to possess somebody in in real life without like not being a ghost that's kind of a biological way of possessing people which is scientifically a breakthrough which is why he won all those awards you know, they would have given him the Nobel were not for, I think, Gosen seen one that year. So, you know, they had to respect the true scientific uh, pioneers. Not to say that his work wasn't important. Uh, I think this movie has a lot going for it. I think there's going to be a lot of symbolism. And I think there's they're doing the exact same thing. This is a how-to, a tutorial, maybe like a manual on how to conjure ghosts by using their name or spirits or entities, cryptids. You know, I mean, I've already said, you know, uh, BM, right? Bloody Mammy or um, Bloody Mari. I mean, and if you actually think about it, Gio, you know, I was going to bring this up in, the, in our deep dive behind the scenes of Smooth Move, but that... You know, that is some very undertone. You know, we're, we're actually talking about BM. Really? Yeah. I mean, partially, right? I mean, like, there's, there's layers to this, and I don't yes. want to give everything away. But, you know, this is, this is the level of artistry that we're talking about, is these layers upon layers of, of meaning. I mean, his name is Santana, right? I mean, there's, there's got to be a little little bm in there somewhere so like we said we've been dealing with with the idea of conjuring right i mean i had a whole stint with with bm back in the day and we had an encounter we had multiple encounters actually and i mean i got the scars to prove it yeah i mean i'm looking at at behind your shoulder joe and it kind of looks like she's hanging out in your room sometimes i call her over when i'm lonely you know, it's a it's a Tuesday when we're recording this. There's, you know, my friends work. So I call her over. And I've learned that just through, you know, familial magic and that kind of thing. The Nandy man is going to do that for everyone. One day I will find that I have been left on red by BM because uh, yeah. Blood, Bloody Mari will have too many new callers and I will no longer be, you know, on the list. And I accept that because there are other ghosts that that need love too. So the Nandy man is going to do that for kids. And I think it's already starting. Rob, have you heard about the Soldier Boy song, Rick and Morty, and the phenomenon that's happening? Wow. I mean, Gio, you, you started to tell me about this a few days ago. And somehow it, 
escaped my research. I think I've just been spending too many hours in the recording studio. Mm. And this was coming up so fast that I wasn't, it caught me a little off guard. And, you know, what you're saying, it's this, these movies are preparing people. And wow, I mean, that's exactly what Jordan, I think Jordan Peele is going for his Nobel on this one because he realized like, you know, it's one thing to create a cultural phenomena everyone talks about it but it's another thing to make a cultural movement oh my god yes and i think you know like you're saying he was able to show how you biologically possess somebody Mm -hmm. the technology that is needed is almost like at the you know atomic level you would need the energy to power a whole city to do that kind of work on a mass scale conjuring people conjuring spirits i would say is an almost free endeavor you're always going to pay a little bit of magic a little bit of soul right a little strength or something but at the end of the day you know that's an eating burrito you know you eat a heavy meal and you you definitely are going to pay for it in some way it's the same as conjuring a ghost so they're doing it in like an open source way this is and I think this is how you go, you know, for the Nobel is you, you appeal to the humanity and it's a gift, but also, is it a gift? I don't know, because what's been happening, these kids are out here performing this soldier boy song called Rick and Morty. Literally all it is, is them saying Rick and Morty, Rick and Morty, Rick and Morty, Rick and I don't want to continue that, but. You don't know what sort of magic that's going to be. Exactly. And we don't know how many times we have to say it for it for them to, to, to have a visit. And that's what we're kind of getting to. So they're not only just doing it, you know, at their homes in front of their cameras. They're going to graveyards. They're going to ancient sites of mass death, you know, performing centers of ancient Greece. They're going everywhere to old presidents, to old Confederate presidents. And they are performing this song to their graves, to ghosts. And you have to ask yourself, what are they doing, right? What, what is the significance of Rick and Morty? So I'm asking this in a rhetorical way because Rob and I did our damn research, okay? We're not some fools that don't know what we're talking about, just kind of wandering in the wild alone. No, no, we have a map. So, so Rob, you looked up the Latin origins of Rick and Morty. And, and what, did you, what did you find? Wow. Uh, I mean, it's right there. It's all in the name, right? Rick, uh, I believe you're... You, you cracked that part of the puzzle. Yes. Uh, it's rich. Mm-hmm. Rich. Now, that's wealthy for, for those who don't know the word rich. Uh, rich is also another word for smooth. So put that in your back pocket. And then you found out what Morty stood for. Exactly. I mean, and, and the thing is, like, this is Latin, everyone. You know, the most probably magical language that that exists it was created by magicians Mm -hmm. and 
Yeah, yeah, you can thank Harry Houdini for that. And it, you know, think of the words after something's gone. It's like mortem. Uh, oh my like a God. Post mortem. So you're like, the word mortem means death. Mortem. Morty is like a cute way of saying death. So what they're, they're going out here to Pompeii. And this guy is, is yelling at the Pompeii Theater, Rick and Morty, Rick and Morty. And he's saying, rich death, rich death, but like in a dainty way, right? Dainty death. And I think what we interpreted this song to mean, kill the rich. And the rich are dainty, of course. So they're going, and I believe they are charging themselves. They're, they are charging maybe this plane of existence in preparation because like we said this is all this is all a way to conjure a spirit so either they're planning on a mass genocide of the wealthy or rob had another opinion which i think is also valid i mean they're doing this to you know rich dead people dead people that are were already rich you know, oh. like you're saying, like to Abe Lincoln, Jeff Davis, Emily Dickinson, like people that are famous. You know, they're not just doing it to any gravesite. Mm. Are they doing it to conjure these people? Are they doing it because they are rich and dead? Wow. And so that that amplifies saying, okay, and you're saying this, Joe, like we got you guys. We already got you. Right. We already got these rich dead people. So look at what we can do. Who thought Abraham Lincoln would be dead? They thought we he did. would live forever. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if, if it could get old, honest Abe, it could, it could get you too. Now, what Gia was kind of, you know, getting me to say as well as bringing it back a little bit more literal to just Rick and Morty. And talking about the dandy bit, you know, Rick and Morty, mm. the whole idea of the show is that they're going to all these different universes. They, they live in the multiverse. They hang out with Spider-Man. And one of the universes in the multiverse, you'd have to assume, is our universe. We, we live in a universe. So logically, that's a part of the multiverse. Of course. Why so, didn't I think of that before? We'd be in the same multiverse as Rick and Morty. Exactly. So that means they're accessible to us. You know, at some point, there's going to be an episode where Rick and Morty come to our universe. And not just episode, that's going to be real life. You know, they're going to have cameras following them. Oh my and God. you're going to just like, you know, be sitting outside and all of a sudden... You know, you get this whole production crew coming through, and it's Rick and Morty and in our world. Wow. That is insane. And all these kids are calling them over. They're, they're basically, like, sending out a signal, right? And they're using the rich dead people as, like, the amplifier, as, like, their, their jet fuel, as their power. 
and they're going to call Rick and Morty from their travels. They're going to show up. And that might be, you know, either the start of World War III, the start of a new renaissance, scientific renaissance, that this could mean any number of things. But it's the fact that this is being crowdsourced by children over the internet based on a movie, The Nandy Man. So we are tracking this heavily. We are watching this like hawks because what we're seeing is they're giving us some tools. We can do this in other ways. So I think by the next episode, we will have a chant that you could say, something that you could perform. Because we need our, you know, a dog in the fight too. If they're going to have Rick and Morty, you know, maybe Gilligan and the Skipper. I mean, we could think of Sonic and Shadow, some avatars for ourselves. Because in this fight where anything can be conjured, you know, we might even take a, a you know, a page out of Hollywood's book and conjure Clifford the Big Red Dog you know, maybe even call them the big red attack dog or something. Yeah. I mean, and and people are making fun of that movie a lot. And, you know, that laughter is just going to give Clifford more power. Uh, It looks really cute, CGI. uh, But like you said, if we conjure him in a certain way, he can, you know, he can step on you and that would not be fun. And you can't tell when he chews and kills somebody if there's blood on his on his mane. Mm-hmm. You'll yeah, have how no did idea. he get red? How did he become a red dog? You don't want to know. You honestly don't want to know. He he ate his way through his his whole childhood, killed everybody he knew until all the laughter turned him into the giant monster that he is. And that's and here's the thing: when you invent the idea of of a cryptid. You, you can create one in your head right now. You manifest it into reality, into the multiverse. And then one day you call on it, it will come. You know, we have to remember that Rick and Morty was a, a fantasy. It was a creation of animators. But because they created it in their heads, it now exists outside of their heads and exists in all of our heads. We are all manifesting Rick and Morty as we speak. So it's almost like they're getting 3D printed into this universe because we believe that they're coming. And so they are. It's this weird self-fulfilling prophecy. And I mean, I don't know any more to say about it, but it's just something that we have to keep track of because this is what they did to Jesus. He 3D printed himself in three days because everyone was thinking about him. And that's what we're doing to Rick and Morty. I mean, yeah, obviously, Jesus, big fan of Harry Houdini, uh, you know, put himself, locked himself in a cave, bada bing, bada boom, mm-hmm. you know, oh, uh, for the next trick, yeah. I will put myself on a, on this cross. And what was that? Gio, you look, was there a, a noise from your end? Yes. What's that? What's that rattling? I see BM still behind you, but what? Who else could be there? I have no idea, but for some reason, oh my god! I, did you just get electrocuted? Geo, okay, oh. we're obviously. Oh. Are you okay? Okay. Your okay. hair is standing straight up. I feel 
uh, electrical charge, probably 500,000 watts. L let, me, let me just try to get this out. When you were talking about Jesus and Harry Houdini, I felt an ice cold sensation down my spine. And then my speaker started to malfunction. It's not connected to anything right now. I had to unplug my speaker to plug in my headphones. So it's not connected to anything. It starts going off, and I swear I heard a voice in the static. Okay, hopefully I'll try to clean it up because I, I think I did record some of this on the podcast. I and heard it. So I don't know what I heard, but this is – we got it. I, we might have either gotten Houdini or Jesus, and they might have told us, you know, hey, stop tell, you know, telling our trade secrets and, you know, respect, I guess. Okay. Yeah. I mean, wow. two New York guys, you know? It's true. And they mean business. I mean, I get it. They said, hey, way, oh, way. Take it easy. Take it easy on all these uh, all right. secrets. I, I yeah. get it. Okay. Uh, all right. And, and I get, I mean, and that's a big thing about the magician code. You don't spill the beans. All right. So I'll put a pin on, in, in, on that right now out of respect. Wow. wow. I can't believe we just got that on, on tape. Got that on pod, everybody. That, that that's big news and that's why you come here to us and that's why we never stop working because you never know when you're going to get the next piece of evidence mm -hmm. and you know i was gonna on my way to to dropping some big news from you know i talked to a lot of people that are into like the quantum fields uh and all mm -hmm. that stuff and and here's another thought on what you're you're saying geo you're saying you think something boom and exists yeah there are certain theories saying these things have always existed mm. rick and morty has always existed and it took a possession oh my to God. get into someone's mind so they think oh aha i had this idea the idea has you whoa it was meant to exist that's oh why God. you thought of it because it's already real i believe it I believe it 100%. I mean, we have a, a giant antenna in our souls, and it just, you know, either broadcasts out or is doing both broadcasting and receiving at the same time. And we don't know. And I mean, I think we're starting to know. And I think this ghost encounter is just one of many. And I, I'm glad we got that on tape. And this conversation about the conjurings of, of these spirits, whether they're conjuring themselves through us or we're conjuring them through ourselves, I don't know. But I think it's something to practice on your own. Find your own you know, person to, to conjure. If not, I said next time we will bring you know, a character, maybe two, that uh, we can use as our own. And, you know, you know, send us an email, send us a comment and tell us who you want us to pick. I'm thinking maybe, you know, like um, somebody who's maybe even alive right now. I mean, the, the, the former sources bring Jim Carrey. What the hell is he doing? He's not doing anything. He could help. So yeah. that's just a maybe. He's taking, I guess he, you, you get like a, a sabbatical after, after being Sorcerer Supreme. Uh, you know, I think it's also good to start small. Uh, I mean, for, for all of our listeners out there, you can conjure your grandma if you Ooh. want. She'd like to hear from you. So, you know, conjure your grandma. Just, yes. you know, 
look in the mirror and say her name, uh, you know, get a photo of her, uh, you know, talk to her, you know, she's, she, she'd love, she'd love to, to pinch those cheeks again. Um, also, you know, if you want even simpler, conjure an animal, you know, it doesn't even have to be an animal, you know, just get it, cut out a picture of a frog. Okay. Look into a mirror and just say the word frog frog uh, as many times as you can stomach and i think it won't happen eventually it won't happen in initially but it will happen eventually so you know i mean this is a um, scientific practice that we're giving everybody and we're going to do it ourselves we'll we'll of course be on tiktok and we'll be showing you you know how to manifest and what we've manifested and that will be really um interesting because we have tons of stuff that we've manifested i mean i, I can show you everything I've, I've manifested and it's, and it's a lot of stuff. So look forward to that, Rob. I, I feel like we're kind of kicking back into gear and that things are going to start kind of getting back into, you know, the fall is coming and that means we're coming into the scariest time of the year. I mean, we've always thought, we always talk about it, but uh, October through December is really our bread and butter where we get the most uh, paranormal contact. So um, I'm glad we got to recharge our batteries, get some vitamin D, and I'm, I'm glad to be back, though. You know, I feel like the war on, on ghosts is raging. And we're the peacekeepers, right? We're the moderators, referees. And we're going to call a fair fight. You know, as, 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 long as, I'm, uh, as long as I'm here calling the shots, we're going to call a fair fight. Completely. And, you know, I think it's, again, a reminder. None of us are, are superhuman. And, and I don't like using that term because even the superheroes, even Spider-Man needs an off day. Even mm -hmm. Bigfoot needs an off day. There's no shame in that. Uh, you know, just take care of yourselves first. And that will allow you to take care of each other. Uh, I don't think mm -hmm. that should be lost in that. You know, self-care can also be community care. Um, so, you know, just keep on doing what you're doing, everyone. Like, we feel your presence as well. We get supercharged on that. You know, we are... I believe we're coming up on our fifth year. That's right. Anniversary uh, yes. on Halloween. So we'll see you all there. It's going to be a big one. Five is a big up. number. That's right. One is the loneliest number. They don't say anything about five. So we can surmise that five is the biggest number there is. You got five guys. Yes. Uh, a pizza, right? Um, maybe burgers. But we they do it about, all. Yeah, we, 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 we could talk about their secret menu off, off the pod. Because once again, I think five guys might come in here and um, mess with my speaker to stop us from giving their secrets away. So uh, to everybody out here, stay in the scene. Keep your eyes on the screen. Uh, you know, I, I said, I think we said it all on this one. So we'll, we'll, we'll say some more next time. Yeah, uh, prep your ears, like I said, for, um, for not smooth but move. Get ready for that um, and the XLAX commercial to come. Take care. We love